When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. love talking about behavior change. I do too. I get it. We all love talking about it. So today I have an extra special treat for you. I'm talking with the behavior doctor herself, Dr. Laura Riffle. If you have ever had the opportunity of seeing her speak, you were in for a treat and you're in for a treat today on this episode. Dr. Riffle has a huge range of experience and is a true expert in the area of behavior change. She has trained hundreds of thousands of teachers and parents and administrators and everyone loves her because she explains things in a way that everybody understands. Today, she has an awesome free download for you, which we all love a little tool or template, right? So today you can go over to the show notes and you can grab her competing pathways chart. And she's reframed some of the ways that we think about behavior and some of the words that we use in a way that I think you're really, really going to love. Not only will this be helpful for you for understanding kind of the context of function-based behavior change, but I think that the new words that she applies to some of these um, situations is going to be really helpful when you're talking with parents or families or your staff. So let's go ahead and jump in. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I am really looking forward to talking with you. So thank you so much for asking me to join. I'm happy to be here. So I love hearing from everyone what brings them to the ABA field. And I know you have very extensive history. So I'd love to know kind of what attracted you to the world of ABA and all that is 
function-based behavioral interventions? Oh, it's a long story. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. We only have a short time. So I've been around for a really long time. I actually started in the early 70s working where we're blind and visually impaired. Um, And then I started teaching. But long story short, um, I ended up in in Georgia working at Georgia State University with Paula Berto. And I taught applied behavior analysis for classroom teachers. And I just had such a blast working with first-year teachers who were learning how to use applied behavior analysis in the classroom. And uh, just working with Paul Alberto was an amazing um, feat in itself. And Joanne Heflin and just some really amazing people out there. And I ran a clinic for children with autism. And I had five full-time behavior therapists who worked for me. And uh, we served all the kids in the state of Georgia. And my husband and I chose to live with an adult who had autism, bipolar condition, obsessive compulsive disorder, intellectual disabilities, and palsy. And um, so um, ABA is near and dear to me, and behavior modification is near and dear to me. And just looking at behavior in a uh, positive frame of mind is near and dear to me. Instead of thinking you shouldn't be doing that, but thinking like a CSI agent is what I tell people, (laughs) not a crime scene investigator, (laughs) but a causal science investigator. It is such a mindset shift, you know, like it it is how you approach the whole scenario. And actually a follow up to that, because obviously you spend your time training teachers and administrators and clinicians now and have probably trained hundreds of thousands of staff members. Something that I'm really passionate about talking about on this podcast with teachers that listen is staff training, because I know that's something a lot of teachers struggle with. And since you are an expert at staff training, you know, teachers give me pushback. Like, I feel uncomfortable training my staff, and it's hard to explain these strategies to my team, but it's so important. What kind of, you know, few little words of wisdom do you have for teachers to start to approach talking about these concepts with their paraprofessionals and assistants? What I always say is people will say, you're killing me. This is so hard. Um, You know, I just, I don't have time to do this. And I always say, how much time are you spending dealing with behavioral disruptions? If you, and, and I just use their words back to them, if you could kill yourself, you're really not. But if you could kill yourself, taking some data and looking at the data and figuring out what was the trigger that set this behavior in motion and what was the impact that occurred after that behavior happened, that all be able to help you or the team will be able to help you figure out an intervention that's based on the function of the behavior Otherwise, we're just going to be throwing sand into the wind, and we may or may not come up with the right intervention. And uh, all I really need is just a good bit of data here, and we'll be able to come up with the right intervention. And usually I can convince people to do that. And I used to run a program in Georgia, and we were able to get 500 people a year to collect the data that we needed. And if we can convince 500 people a year you got to be able to be able to convince the people that you work with. So I always say success sells. So start with one person who's willing 
show success with that and you'll be able to sell it to other people. Yes. It becomes contagious a little bit then. People are like, oh, I want to do that. It really does (laughs) because people are like, oh, wait a minute. That kid used to, you know, swing chairs and all of a sudden they're not swinging from the chandeliers. How'd you do that? And then you can say, well, let me show you my way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. That's great advice. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, so let's get to the download that you're sharing today. So can you explain a little, give a little summary and intro, and then we'll kind of go through how teachers can utilize this? Yeah, so for years, um, we had O'Neill and Horner's um, competing pathway chart, which I love and I understand. But when you're explaining it to somebody who doesn't have an ABA background, they get kind of confused by the terms. So we talk about in O'Neill and Horner's competing pathway chart, we talk about the antecedent. And the antecedent is what preceded the behavior. And most people focus on the antecedent that happened right in front of them. And that is, I asked the child to do something. But what they don't realize is sometimes the antecedent can be a setting event. Setting event is defined as something that happened in the near distant past. So that clears it up about as much as mud. (laughs) uh, Because near distant past can be something that maybe happened on the way to school. Maybe my best friend told me that I stink on the way to school today. Or maybe I always eat my cereal out of a yellow cereal bowl, but my mother couldn't find the yellow cereal bowl and I had to eat my cereal out of a green cereal bowl. Or maybe it's something that happened yesterday. Maybe yesterday you asked, what was the capital of Kansas? And Shirley said, it's Topeka. And you said, you're right, Shirley. And Shirley didn't raise her hand. And later on in math, you said, what's the square root of 16? And I hollered out, it's four. And you said, Laura, how many times have I told you, you have to raise your hand and wait to be called on. And I sold all night and I laid awake all night upset because I didn't raise my hand, but you didn't get mad at Shirley when she didn't raise her hand. And, you know, so I have this perceived injustice that you took her answer, but you didn't allow my answer to be accepted even though I did the same thing Shirley did. So I wanted to come up with new terms that kind of cleared it up for people that didn't have an ABA background. And I really like alliteration and things like that. So I wanted a triple T. So I went with the word trigger because trigger is really what it is. It's what set the behavior in motion. So I went with the word trigger. So trigger is what set the behavior in motion. And then for the word behavior, although people understand the word behavior very clearly, when you sit in a behavior support team meeting, so frequently people put other words with behavior and they talk about it this way, the bad behavior, the problem behavior, and and problems start to get associated with the child. And then people talk about the kid like the bad kid and the problem kid, and I really just don't like that. And so um, I like the word target. So 
the I want people to know that we love the child and we don't want the child to go anywhere. We want to target the behavior for change. So we're not targeting the child, we're targeting the behavior. So we're targeting the behavior for change. And then the last word in the summary statement phase of the competing pathway framework is consequence. And when I talk to people about consequence, they mostly focus on uh, punishments. And what they don't realize is what they consider a punishment very frequently is a great payoff for the kid. I worked with a kid when I ran the behavioral intervention program that for eight years had been sent home every single day, hours of jumping up and down, screaming, he would bite, and they would name home. And what they didn't realize was they were feeding the very behavior that they were trying to stop because he was a young man with autism. And where else would he rather be than at home where it was quiet and there were less um, distractions and noises and um, things coming at him? And so they didn't realize that the con what they were considering a consequence was really a great payoff for him. So the first thing I wanted to do was have a T word there. So I tried treat, but people went to stickers and candy. And I'm very much against tangible reinforcers um, for the most part. I know for some kids we do need to go there, but that isn't the first thing I want people to try. So I went with impact. So it's a capital T on the end. And impact are those things that kids are trying to get. So it's the things that kids are trying to get out of. So that first row becomes our summary statement. So we should be able to say, when this happens, the kid does this to get or get out of this. And if we can use our data to come up with that summary statement, we have a really good um, idea of what the function of the behavior is, and we can put a really good plan in place. So we know what's feeding this behavior. So we've got a summary statement. When there's a transition, the child cries and refuses to change activities. And the impact is they escape the beginning of the work or an adult comes over and gives them attention and helps them be able to make the transition. I mean, there could be a variety of things that go in there. Um, but we're able to fill in those blanks. Now, I love the idea of switching that. Sorry to interrupt you, but I love the idea of switching the semantics because even going back to what we were talking about with staff training, you know, the antecedent behavior consequence, if you're in the ABA world, you're like, of course I know what that means. Everyone knows what that means, but that's a hard concept to translate. Like you said, consequence has a whole different learning history for many people. Like whenever I hear the word consequence, I think of like the phrase, there will be consequences, which right. you know has the, the connotation of punishment. So I love the idea of shifting the language could be so helpful, not only for teachers to understand this, but to explain this to their teams as well. Right. And to family members who maybe don't have a behavioral background so that they understand why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and understand why we're doing it the way we're doing it mm -hmm. so that they can help implement at home um, on their end for the part that they're uh, feeding into this. So um, to put a plan in place, there have to be three strands. You can't just put a single strand in place because if you put a single strand in place, it's easy to break the plan or the implementation of this uh plan that we're putting in place. And so the three strands that have to be put in place are you have to revise the environment 
to set the student up for success or the child up for success. You have to replace the behavior. So you have to teach a replacement behavior. And I'll go back and talk about each one of these R's. And then you have to reframe the response. So we have to change how we respond to the student. So let me go back and talk about each. So when I talk about revising the environment, um, so let me just give an example of one of these. So my husband and I, I told you, lived with an adult who had autism. Um, and when Jay, he was 31 years old when we moved in together. And when Jay came home from work, his uh, vision was that my husband would be standing in the kitchen fixing dinner. He got home about 4.30 every day. And his vision that he had in his head would be that my husband would be standing in the kitchen fixing dinner. And uh, that what we told him in the morning would be what my husband was fixing for dinner. Well, a few times Jay walked in the kitchen and my husband was in the kitchen fixing dinner, but several other people were standing in the kitchen with my husband. Well, that was not the picture that Jay had. Other people would be there. So he start self-injurious behavior because the picture in his head didn't match the picture in reality. So what we had to do was change the environment, revise the environment to set him up for success. So we knew what exactly what time he was coming home from work. So my husband would tell, it was college students hanging out to see what we were having for dinner and if it was something they were interested in um, so that they would hang out and have dinner at our house. So my husband would say, uh, disperse, so they would leave the kitchen and go hide. And then Jay would walk in, Tom would be standing in the kitchen fixing dinner. Jay would walk in and he'd say, we're having tacos for dinner tonight, right? And Tom would say, yes, we're having tacos for dinner tonight. So all would be right in Jay's world. And then my husband would say, hey, we're having tacos for dinner tonight. By the way, Bobby stopped by to say hi. That time Bobby would walk out of the office and go, hey, Jay, how you doing? So we changed the environment so that Jay got a different picture in his head. So we'd wait long enough for that picture to pop into his head. And then Bobby would come out of the office and come into the environment. So you see how we changed the environment to set Jay up for success. And such a simple thing that, you know, parents or teachers could easily implement. This isn't requiring, you know, reinventing the wheel or extra material. Right. Right. When I say revise the environment, I don't mean bring in a feng shui expert who, you know, <laughs> has you hanging uh, mirrors everywhere. It's simple little things that you just look around. What can I do to set this person up to be successful considering what it is that's causing this behavior um, to cause an issue for this person. So simple little things like that. And then, so whatever behavior is occurring, so if you look up above on this competing path, my new competing pathway chart, to replace the behavior, um, we have to teach the replacement behavior. So we can't just tell kids to be good. And I hear people say that all the time. And if that worked, I could look at my stomach and say, be thin. <laughs> and I wish that, yeah. I wish that worked, um, but it doesn't. So we have to teach kids, and there's so many great ways to teach kids replacement behavior. So, um, for instance, and I'll just keep going back to different kids, but we had a kid 
um, jo- uh, in our day clinic that we brought in. And Josh, um, the school had taught him for eight years that jumping up and down screaming um, got you a trip home, which worked very well for him, but not very well for his mother. She kept losing her job because she got called every day around noon to come get her child and you don't get to keep your job if you get called every day to come get your child. Um, so we made a video about when I feel angry, um, I should go to my bean bag and we set up a nice little bean bag in his room and we taught him it was okay to be angry. But when we were angry, we should go to our bean bag and we just made this video And what I did was I just took a whole day's worth of video of him and letting him go to his beanbag and rock in his beanbag. And then I just cut out all the inappropriate jumping up and down and made a video of him rocking in his beanbag and then reaching for his communication book and flipping through his communication book and pointing to what it was that he wanted to communicate. And then he would point to his communication book what he wanted. And I ended up making about a five-minute video out of a whole day's worth of video. Uh, But I love using video to teach kids replacement behavior because um, it doesn't cost any money to make a video. And And now it's so easy. Everyone has a video camera on their phone. Right. You know, you don't have to have this expensive $800 camera. Uh, You can use an iPad, an iPhone, a Samsung phone, anything. Um, and uh, you can email it to the family members, you can email it to the teachers, any anybody. Um, and so we could take it with us when we went on community outings. Um, it just, it was so easy. And so we taught him in a very short amount of time, when I'm upset, I go to my beanbag, I rock on my beanbag, I ask for a drink on my beanbag, or uh, a break on my bean bag. I asked for um, a turn on my bean bag. I asked to go to the restroom. You know, um, you know, we just showed all the different things he could ask about on his bean bag. But you could do video modeling, video self modeling. You could do a power card. Um, you could do a PowerPoint social story. There's just so many different ways that you could teach replacement behavior to kids. And um, when we get to the point where I talk about my website, I've got all kinds of free materials that show you all these different ways. And I know there's tons of resources out there. You can do point of view videos where you shoot the camera over their shoulder. So you show uh, how to do something through the eyes of the child. So that if you're teaching them a new skill, you can show what it would look like from their eyes. So that's that really, idea. I think it's really cool. Like even if you were teaching multiplication and you were showing how to carry, you could shoot over their shoulder and show the whole math steps that way. I mean, there's just so many great opportunities to use point of view video making um, with that. So. Two things I have to jump in really quick. First of all, I love that you are talking about replacement behaviors because I talk almost nonstop about replacement behaviors because I see that missing so often from behavior plans, from conversations, from the whole approach. Like, what what are we doing instead? And second, I love this example even that you're talking about, about being angry. Because like you said, so often we're telling kids be good. 
And we're also telling kids, you know, don't be mad. And the last time I was super mad, I don't know about you, if someone were to tell me, don't be mad, I'd be like, you don't be mad, you know, like, that doesn't work. I've said this a few times on this podcast, but I saw this hilarious meme a few months ago that I keep quoting. And it said, never in the history of people being told calm down has anyone ever calmed down? <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're, we're saying these things to our kids, but we're not giving them the appropriate, like, cool, be mad. It's what you do with that anger that's appropriate or not appropriate. So I love that example that you gave is really telling, I think, for a lot of students that teachers work with. I just 30 minutes ago sat beside a little boy who was angry this morning and I sat beside him And I said, you know what I do when I get angry? And his mouth dropped open like, you get angry? (laughs) And I said, yeah. I said, I sing. And I said, I'm a terrible singer, but it just makes me really happy when I sing. And I said, I sing Elton John's Rocket Man. (laughs) I said, if nobody else is around, I sound just like him. And he laughed because he could tell I don't like him. But I said, that's what I do, and it makes me feel better. And then I'm able to go talk to the person um, that I was really angry with. And I said, let's come up with a plan for you, for what you can do. And he thought that was really great. So we came up with a plan for him. Um, And he's going to smell the flower and blow out the candle (laughs) like that. And that's going to be his plan for when he feels angry. Um, but you know, I think it's important for us to share with kids that we have feelings too, and to tell kids it is okay to have those feelings. Um, it is really important. And as far as making videos, this is what I tell people all the time, because they look at me like, that's a lot of work. And I'm like, you know, if you have to do something that you've never done before, or do something that you haven't done for a long time, where do you go to figure out how to do that? And I always say, I go to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to go on my garage because I had given it out to too many workmen and I needed to change the code. And I hadn't done it since we moved into our house and I didn't remember how to do it. So I went on YouTube, put in my kind of garage code and, or garage opener. And it, you know, I watched a YouTube video and lo and behold, I learned how to change my garage code, you know, and so I was able to change the code. Video modeling is the way to go for anything. And so it's a great tool for teaching anybody, but especially to teach our kids a new behavior. So it's really awesome. Yeah, it's a great point. And, yeah. And then the last part is the hardest part. And that is we have to reframe our response. And no one likes this one because it means we have to. <laughs> um, and so I know that the... The handout that I gave you guys is black and white website. I've color coded them. So the environmental change on all of my PowerPoints, everything is color coded. So for the last two and a half years, if it's an environmental change, it's green. So if it's a way to change the environment, the slide is color coded green. If it's a way to replace the behavior, the slide is blue. So think green environment, blue behavior. They both start with the letter B. But I color-coded the reframing of response, Barney, because Barney's emotional. You either love him or you hate him. And uh, people just hate this one because we don't like change. And the truth is we have to change first. If we want kids' behavior to change, we have to change our behavior. 
And we have to feed the replacement behavior and extinguish the target behavior. And the only way we can do that is know what the impact is trying to get. So if that kid's trying to get our attention, we have to give them a ton of attention for the replacement behavior. And we have to extinguish the target behavior by not feeding it. So we have to ignore. And that's hard to do uh, for some people. Mm-hmm. But uh, we really have to do that. So we have to know what that summary statement says. So we can't just jump in and put three things in place until we can fill in that summary statement up at the top. Um, so we've we've got to be able to fill in the top and the bottom of those um, things. So of the whole competing pathway chart. Um, so that really is that my new competing pathway chart. And I field tested it for two years and I kept trying different words. And this is the one that stuck and people really like it and have been using it. I get emails all the time uh, from people saying, Hey, I use this with my staff. I use this with family members. I use this, um, you know, just to fill out and it's really been sticking. So feel free to use it. Well, thank you for going through that explanation. Cause you know, it, it mimics a lot, obviously a lot of what I talk about and I'm really passionate about using, you know, non-jargon user-friendly language. And I love the terms here. Like trigger is so, you know, it's so easy to understand. It's what people are probably thinking in their head when they see the word antecedent. So just kind of utilizing these terms in this way, I think can make such a big change for teams and families to be on the same page with using this process. Right. I just wanted to simplify the whole process. And um, the O'Neill and Horner had two more up at the two more boxes up at the top that said, what's your goal? And people would write, I want the kid to be good. And the minute they wrote, I want the kid to be good. They couldn't think of anything else to say. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. We don't need help in dreaming about what the goal behavior looks like, sounds like, and feels like. We all know what that is. But how are we going to get there? And this is the roadmap for how we're going to get there. Um, And the other thing I... And that's what people feel like they're missing. Yeah. You know, people feel like they're missing that, that, that path or that plan. Right. And then the other piece I just always add is you've got to collect data on how it's going. Because if you're not collecting data, you're wasting your time. So um, once you write this out, you may have to tweak it a little bit and add a few things. Um, but collect some data to make sure you don't have to collect um, copious amounts of data. But I'm kind of a data. I like data. Me too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. So where can people go to learn more about you and get these resources you're talking about and kind of learn some of those next steps that you were mentioning? So behaviordoctor.org. So all spelled out. I don't abbreviate anything. So behaviordoctor.org is my website. Um, So across the top, there's a navigation bar. And if you click materials, Everything on the materials page, um, there are tons of free resources on there for you. There are no pop-ups that are going to pop up and say you can see this for 99 cents. Everything on there is free. Um, I also have a Facebook page. So it's facebook.com forward slash behavior doctor. 
again, all spelled out. And I don't post, I just had this great cheeseburger or anything like that. Or I just saw Justin Bieber and he's not as tall as I thought. (laughs) Um, I only post things every once in a while when I think teachers are feeling kind of burnout, I might post a happy meme that I think will cheer teachers up. But for the most part, it's resources or uh, research or just things that I think teachers might find of value. Um, I also have a facebook.com forward slash positive posters for your classroom door. And this is near and dear to me because 72% of teenagers main mode of communication is texting. And that means they're spending an awful lot of their time on social media. And we know, as we know, most of social media is negative. So what I ask my classroom teachers to do is put positive posters on their classroom doors so that as kids are walking down the hallway, they are inundated with positive subliminal messages. Love that. Well, thank you, Laura, so much. This has been such a joy to chat with you. And I love this format and this template and the terms. And I think, you know, obviously explain it in such a user-friendly way. Um, So everyone can go to the show notes to download the competing pathways chart. And thank you again, Laura, so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. If you would have told me a few years ago that my favorite part of my job is getting up in front of sometimes a few hundred people and giving a presentation on data or behavior academics, I would have thought you were crazy. I did not always like public speaking. Actually, to be totally honest, public speaking was something I used to be pretty afraid of. But now it's literally my favorite part of my job. I love being in a room of my people, of the special ed world, teachers and parents and clinicians, and everyone that's on the front lines that's working so hard for our students to give them the best opportunities and the best classroom experience. I love being in a room of everyone that understands how hard this job can be, but also how amazing it is and how important those little victories are on a daily basis. When I do a PD, my goal is to bring value. I want to bring action items, ideas and strategies that you can do tomorrow in your classroom. I have sat through too many professional developments that either didn't apply to me or were too hypothetical and philosophical. And my special ed heart always wanted to know, what do I do next? What do I do tomorrow? If you are interested in learning more about how I can come to your school to do a professional development, please visit theautismhelper.com backslash speaking. There's a contact form as well as a lot of information about all of the different sessions I give. I'm happy to answer any questions and work with your school district. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening.
Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum, everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.